sometimes you have to have the ability to let go of some of the things that you always thought were your baby and um, that you thought you were really good at. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. On today's episode, we're joined by Allison Hooper, co-founder and CEO of Vermont Creamery, one of the nation's most recognized and admired dairy brands. Welcome. This is Sam Roche-Gerber. And Dave Bradbury. Recording from the Fairpoint Tech Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much for coming. Hi, Sam and David. Thank you very much this for having awesome, me. This is awesome, Allison. Thank you for making time and, and leaving the goats unattended. Well, if, if the goats were waiting for me, they'd be pretty unhappy right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, let's just jump right in, Allison. Um, from what I gather, you kind of fit into our accidental entrepreneur Absolutely. category. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, sure. So... Um, Gosh, my cheese making story started at age 19. I was a student um, living in Paris, a junior year abroad from Connecticut College. I needed something to do over the summer. Between semesters, wanted to stay the fall semester, didn't particularly want to be an au pair in, the, in Saint-Tropez. So I wrote to uh, a group of organic farmers around France and basically said, you know, I'm American, I have no farming experience, but I'm pretty eager to learn. Uh, if you could house me and feed me, I'll work on your farm. I heard from a family in Brittany. They had goats and cows and uh, made various types of fresh and aged goat cheeses, creme fraiche, yummy butter. Um, we fed the whey from cheese making to pigs, and they made all kinds of charcuterie and dry sausage, and it was wonderful. I'm really glad um, I ate lunch already. That's I'm, right. I'm starving. <laughs> Sorry, I should have brought some samples. What was I thinking? Um, and uh, so I finished college and went back to, I did some other things, but my I just yearned to go back to France. And I went back to the farm. I also worked down in the south of France um, in Haute Alpes, which is near sort of the foothills of the Alps, Um in a very small village where the goats would go off and graze, browse in the in the mountains during the day and come back and get milked at night. And we put the milk in the cistern in the center of town. I mean, it was this quintessential sort of Heidi existence. Sounds and like the happiest um, goats in it the was, world. They were, they, it was fabulous. And, you know, we lived communally, and that was wonderful for me at that age. And um, And I grew up in New Jersey, and worked on a goat dairy there. This was at the time when the green markets were just starting in New York City and farmers markets were becoming a thing and chefs were going to buy their produce at a farmers market. And uh, the gal was um, making some goat cheese and selling in the farmers market. And I thought to myself, gee, I really want to do this for myself. So I wandered up to Vermont where I had been here quite a bit as a child. My mother, my grandmother lived in Barnard, and um, so we'd come up as kids. And um, I can remember so well just driving up 22A from New Jersey and feeling this incredible liberation 
from, you know, most of my classmates at that time in the early 80s were all going to Wall Street or going right. to professional school. And, and I, the idea of doing that just horrified me. And while I didn't really have a plan in mind, I was really drawn to living in Vermont in a rural place and um, sort of trying to build a life around something that I love to do, which was making cheese. So um, so my business partner and I started. Bob Reese was, we were both working at the Agency of Agriculture in Montpelier. I was working in the dairy lab and he was a marketing director and he was putting together a dinner in Stowe at the Top Notch in Stowe. They were had a project to name the restaurant tour of the year. And Anton Flory, who was the chef there at the time, was looking for goat cheese to serve with lamb. Now, this is 1984, and and I should also add that all of the ingredients for this dinner were meant to come from Vermont. And so he wanted goat cheese, and Bob's thinking, goat cheese? Like, what on earth is Who that? Who would do that? And, right, this is a and, dairy state, yeah. right? Cows are it. <laughs> and nobody eats that, and where am I going to oh find God. that? And he said, geez, you know, I think Allison worked in the, works, works in the dairy lab, and she went to France, and I'll get her to make <laughs> some. And so I did and was, you know, on the stovetop. I mean, I didn't make it in the bathtub, but it wasn't far off. Um, made it for this dinner and was invited to the dinner as a producer and sat with Bob and his wife, Sandy, and um, chefs coming to the table and giving me their business card, asking if they could purchase cheese. And, of course, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> um, but it was actually Sandy who said to Bob, gee, you and Allison should start a cheese business. And, uh, you know, I, it, it was, it was one of those really, um, serendipitous moments because I had had this in my mind to, to develop that in some way. And he was, um, helping entre- food entrepreneurs package their product and get it to market and go to a trade show. And he was thinking, gee, I just got an MBA really want to get into the food business. And he was trolling for something to do. And so it was really, it was a great opportunity for the two of us. And we didn't give it a second thought. We really didn't even know each other very well. This is sort of the back of the napkin. Yeah, back of the napkin. Very complimentary skills. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Bob had the, Bob was the business and I was the product and the, you know, sort of marketing. And uh, off we went. We each had $1,200. And, you know, $1,200. I mean, even then that was ridiculous. But, yeah, what were we thinking? Totally right right time, right place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they say entrepreneurship, too. I mean, sometimes you're just – you're – you're prepared for luck to come upon you and and having those chefs say, we're ready to buy. Right. So many of our startups we work with are – Testing, is there demand for a product? Yeah. And, you know, how you align that is yeah. uh, is often a, a challenge. Um, yeah. And had you trained uh, to, to go into business yourself? Uh, I, I, I don't even recall the world entrepreneurship ever really being mentioned back in no, the 80s or even the early 90s for that matter. It's right, sort of, right. They have courses on entrepreneurship in college now. Yeah, we didn't have that. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, training, uh, far from it. In fact, um, you know, Bob often is very, um, um, 
gratuitous in saying, oh, Allison trained to be a cheesemaker in France. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> I worked on a small organic dairy farm. I wasn't trained. I learned just enough to be really dangerous. Um, and, uh, you know, and of course, if you wanted to make goat cheese or an artisanal cheese in the U.S., there wasn't any training. There wasn't a go-to school or course to take at UVM. Um, it simply didn't exist. So there were probably half a dozen of us around the country who were thinking about this at the same time. And so we, we all, um, were self-taught, really. That's very yeah. cool. Um, so you touched on it a little bit, but um, how crucial has it been for you to have a partner um, like Bob rather than going at it alone? Oh, gosh, I'll tell you what. You know, I, people often say I'm a woman-owned business, and I have to say, yeah, but actually the half of that is true because I'm certain that um, had I tried to do it myself, um, I don't think we would have been as successful as we are today. Um, it was very difficult for people to take me seriously. First of all, I was only 24. Um, I, a woman in a dairy world, I mean, most of the people that I spoke to um, as we were getting set up to buy equipment and, and have our little creamery fit up, um, they don't talk to women in this industry. Wow. And in addition to that, the type of cheese that we were making was very different um, than cheddar. And so they really wanted to correct me and tell me, you know, Allison, you're, you're clueless. You have no idea how to make this cheese. This is how cheddar is made. You know, we use a square vat. We cut it. We cook it. We do all these things. I say, no, no, no. This is how goat cheese is made. Trust me. I, I, I want to uh, I worked trust in me. France for a summer. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to just take, take, take a flyer with this. And they were very, they sort of thought, oh, gosh, I don't know. You know, I think she's going to go out of business. It worried them a lot. It worried them a lot. And so Bob provided a high level of credibility. He was the one who went to the bank. You know, he, you know, he created the balance sheet, the the business plans. And um, he's, Bob is a very organized thinker and person. So um, while I was sort of you know, grabbing for ideas and, and, um, trying to explain, well, you know, this cheese is going to be really awesome and people are really going to like this. He had to trust that because he didn't know anything about what it was we were doing. Um, and of course I had to trust him to make sure that the, the money was there. So, um, our, our skill sets have been very complimentary over the years. Um, yeah. yeah. So important. I mean, we talk to entrepreneurs all the time about building the right team. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a perfect example. I mean, it's pretty extreme in terms of your areas of expertise, but it's so, so important yeah. to a successful business. Yeah, I remember very, we had yeah. Jen Kimmich in from The Alchemist yeah. talking about her, her husband, John, which is a different situation. And he's the he's the creator. Yeah. I took the courses at the SBA. Yeah. I did the business plan, the operations, and, and you know, that's how they set about it, that yeah. sort of division of, of duty. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it's 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 quite unusual for partnerships to last, and they often, somebody gets tired of it and they break up or people disagree. Um, I think that what Bob and I developed over the year was 
a working relationship that was highly collaborative. I mean, it's really, for me, it's a, it's, in my leadership philosophy, um, you know, collaboration is everything and, um, giving up that having to, having the last word, um, is really important. And I think it makes for a stronger, as you say, you know, a stronger team. I mean, it attracts talent. Um, and I think it's that, that partnership has really benefited our company over the long term. Well, clearly so. you're going to have the last word today, Sam. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to uh, step on that. Yeah. Um, could you just sort of describe um, Vermont Creamery today? How many yeah. employees you have? And and also, why the name change, right? Because it used to be Vermont I, Butter and Cheese, kind of kind of literal. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. That's probably two questions, but just, yeah. just to sort of set the context. Well, so Vermont Creamery today, um, we're still in the industrial park where uh, we moved in 1988. We started making cheese on my husband Don's farm in Brookfield, we converted the little milk house. So we always show that photo of this kind of cute little farm, uh, farmstead milk house where we started making cheese. And today um, we uh, are in the Wilson Industrial Park in Berrytown. We have about 105 employees, including the farm employees down at Ayersbrook Goat Dairy. And um, gosh, we're distributed um, in all states. And we have, um, you know, we do a lot. I think our company does a lot more than make cheese. We, um, in what way? Yeah. Well, we are very interested in building an organization and the health of the company as far as people. Um, we, we became a certified B Corp a few years ago, and that's been core to sort of our our growth and how we grow and how we grow responsibly is sort of say to the team, you got to earn the right to grow. Um, so you got to be thinking about, you know, our, our carbon footprint, our, our impact on the community, on the environment. Um, and this has sort of been a guiding principle for the, for the staff. And I think people are very proud of that. Um, we're also a company that, that really, spends a lot of time thinking about um, developing people in the in in the organization. So most people come never having made a piece of cheese before and um, they learn everything and learn more skills so they, they can move along and develop as the company grows. Um, as far as the name, Vermont Butter and Cheese Company was one of, you know, we, Bob and I started making cheese with absolutely zero thought given to uh, marketing and communications and positioning. I mean, it just wasn't part of, we didn't talk about that stuff. We just wanted to make cheese. And so Bob says, well, you know, we got to go to the Secretary of State and we need a name. I'm like, right, we need a name. So we're going to make, uh, we're going to make cheese. Yeah, we're going to make cheese. And we want to make this very wonderful French style butter. Yeah. Well, so let's, how about butter and cheese? Great. Um, and we're in Vermont. Yeah, we're in Vermont. So let's call it Vermont butter and cheese. And let's call it company so that when we go to the bank, they'll take us seriously. So they'll think we're really a company. So that was the, the important sort of market research that we did to name our company. Well, we couldn't have picked a bigger mouthful, right? 
Well, Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies. There you go. So we we empathize with that, right? right? So, um, you know, we thought over the, we were called Vermont Butter and Egg. We we were, uh, the trade calls us VBC. Um, And so we thought, geez, you know, we've really got to take care of this name to really dive into the consumer market here. So all of these things being so generic, we could only change that name gradually. So we could drop company. We were able to put creamery. Then we were able to drop butter and cheese. And many consumers thought we made butter mixed with cheese. I mean, it it was... It was just such a comedy of errors, really, early on. The email addresses, um, I'm sure. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) But think of the money you saved on brand identity work by a third party, right? (laughs) Trial trial by error. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, You you talked a little bit about the B Corp. I mean, you were sort of one of the the advocates for B Corp in Vermont Mm -hmm. and that. And has that met your sort of expectations where you thought it would be in terms of adoption by other companies in Vermont or nationally? Well, listen, you know, Vermont is, it's no surprise that there are as many B Corps in Vermont as there are. Vermont businesses for social responsibility, having started what back in the eighties, uh, I hope I have that right. Um, in the early 80s, um, has been the strongest chapter in the nation. I mean, Vermont just breeds these socially conscious and socially responsible business owners. Um, and so it was a natural for many of us to um, participate in a third-party audit by B-Lab that states, yeah, you are a socially responsible business. Not only do you say you are, but we're going to go in, we're going to look under the hood, and we're going to look at everything that you do and, and endorse that. And I think for us, you know, it really helps to give the next generation, the sort of younger managers, a compass. And... Um, and it's, versus on the customer side of things, versus a differentiator on the shelf. Think? I think we're we're a ways from being a differentiator on the shelf. I mean, that's going to happen quickly. Uh, but for the consumer, they're not as dialed into B Corp as maybe some some people that we would like to hire. It's a great hiring tool for many of the young people that. We attract to Vermont Creamery. They're delighted that we're a B Corp. Sort of says, sort of gives you instant credibility for um, like-minded or people with similar values. Totally, so, it's it's yeah. so important now, especially I think with millennials. It's mm. it's a really really important part to be able to believe in the company right. that that you're working for, and you know, making butter and cheese isn't isn't enough. I think right. I think they need to work for something that stands for more. Right. I think we, we joke that when we hire a have a great candidate to work at Vermont Creamery, sometimes we think they're interviewing us rather than we interview <laughs> them. So. Yeah, right. It tells you it's the like, job okay. market sits, right, right, doesn't it? Right. Um, you mentioned Ayersbrook Farm. Mm. And could you just explain what that is and just, just why you did it mm-hmm. and how it's benefiting your industry. Yeah. Well, it's one of, I'm so proud of having taken the plunge and 
and bought that farm, we, over the years, um, you know, as goat cheese became more and more popular in the market, the demand certainly increased. And um, we have always wanted to uh, develop the goat milk industry here in Vermont. Um, and the milk supply simply hasn't kept up with demand for cheese. And so what was difficult all along was to try to cajole a dairy farmer, a cow dairyman, to transition to goats if we really didn't have a more intimate understanding of what was involved and the cost. So we thought, well, let's take the plunge and let's feel the pain of these farmers and let's get a farm and start a herd and really understand what's involved. And so... I called up um, the uh, the Hodgson Farm in Randolph, and uh, they were kind of transitioning. They were getting ready to retire, and I said, how would you like to sell your farm? And they said, well, come talk to us. And so we pieced together some uh, financing through some um, uh what we call them conservation partners. These are nonprofits interested in land conservation. And they bought the real estate and held the note for us. Um, and we then, they basically said, if you can raise an additional million dollars to fit up this farm and start the herd and operate the business, we will convey the farm to you. Um, we did that and, um, we've now been milking in our fourth year and uh, we'll be in the black this year. And, um, it's been incredibly gratifying because we we know that this is a viable industry. We know that it's a it's an interesting alternative for a dairy farmer that might be milking a hundred to two hundred cows, doesn't have the land base to increase to six hundred cows, maybe doesn't want to make cheese, doesn't have doesn't particularly want to transition to organic. This is an interesting alternative for them. And um, we think that, you know, Vermont farmers could do very, very well with this. So um, we're very happy to start um, really sort of taking our show on the road and and developing the supply. So not only do we did we want to know how much it would cost to produce a pound of milk, but we also needed to develop good genetics here in the region so that we could populate new farms with goats and develop talent. We needed to get young people who wanted to farm interested and learning about the management of these animals. So there's a, the, there's many layers of um, learning that's taking place, but I'm happy to say that uh, the foundation of our company, of course, which is milk, is really in a it's in a very bright spot right now. Vermont is well poised to dot the landscape with goat farms. That sounds really like a cool. future for my husband, doesn't it, yeah. Dave? Oh my God! Well, I hope no one's listening at his current employer, but <laughs> yeah. uh, perhaps uh, yeah. Jeremy the goat farmer. I think would that'd be, be cool with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love goats. I, I, uh, I've traveled. I've had the pleasure of traveling around some places in the world, and and on my resume. Before I leave this earth, I want to be able to say I was once a shepherd, yeah, <laughs> and and or a herder of some type. And I ask this in different cultures and places. So I'm going to ask the expert: How many goats do I need to have to legitimately say I was a herd owner? 
Well, if you're just going to shepherd them, you could just have three or four and, you know, Real, just go under the four? power line and just watch uh, my them. My wife, Emily's probably going to tremble when she hears this. We have this. 900 at the, at the dairy. <laughs> wow. We have I think you should start with less yeah. than 900. Yeah. Three or four. Um, yeah. Oh, but odd, you know, number, odd number, even number. I'm worried they, about they like multiply kid quickly. So, okay. yeah. So, oh, watch that is so helpful because literally the answers I get, I was in Tunisia for a volunteer project yeah. two years ago and I asked, people in their culture like oh you need 90 to 100 well in which tunisia, i would never do. i bet you in tunisia you probably do only need 90 to 100 okay yeah, no, this is say, this is not accessible to me like, yeah. <laughs> let's use the advice we give entrepreneurs just start small start, yeah you know? start small start, start small, small. Yeah. so uh, back to air's book if i have this correct um you operate as sort of an open book farmed sure. as part of the educational piece on the yeah. profit and loss and the yeah. ins and outs yeah and, how are you sharing that, or do people come in in residence and, and, and learn and get the skills, or how has that evolved so Well, far? you know, it's been very informal, and the reason is our thinking is that in front of the Vermont dairy community, you don't get many chances to make your point. So we want to be very confident in our numbers, and so we've been quiet for a few years, and... Um, Every so often, we get a very serious dairy person come to the farm and want to look around and really see what this is all about. And they look around and they say, hmm, I have feed. I have this infrastructure. I, I, they can see themselves doing it. And so we, they'll get right in there with Miles and ask him how much it costs them to do everything and, um, and we're very happy to share that. Um, so I think that, uh, the, as a matter of timing, as you say, start slow. Um, we're, we've been cautious not to overstate what we, what we thought was true all along. Um, but, um, now we'll be able to do that in a more formal way. So that, that's, that's yeah. outstanding. Um, how, how is your role? Or maybe Bob's evolved over time. You know, as you get bigger, do you yeah. do you have to let go of some things? Or, oh my gosh! Or, or or are you back to sort of your your passion around product, or is it more management? Or no, you know, um, it's funny because I think about having done the same thing for thirty four years, but I've never done the same thing for thirty four years. You know, um, and I used to make cheese all the time. I haven't made cheese for years. Um, and you know, in any business, when you start out, you're doing absolutely everything and you're doing it so mediocre. I mean, it's just not even funny. Just, so thin. just sliding by. Yeah. Um, and just enough to uh, stay in business the next day. And then with each, uh, sort of milestone, you say, okay, now I can hire somebody to do that. And you do that. And all along, you, 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 well, with each task in the business, you, you develop some expertise or you develop enough, um, ability to pay for that expertise. Today, we have, you know, we, and we were quite intentional about that. Um, I think that one advice I would give to entrepreneurs is sometimes you have to have the ability to let go of, some of the things that you always thought were your baby and um, that you thought you were really good at. 
Um, you can't let your ego get in, a, in the way of the health of the company because um, the people who come to the company, they work for the owners, but they bring so much more knowledge than you could ever have, and we have to accept that. Um, and I joke when I go into the creamery today and I see people doing things and I think, I so couldn't get a job in this company if I applied today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hope nobody finds out, right? <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. It's so, it's so impressive. You well, know, that's when you know you're building the right team. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, we have a great management team and Adeline, who's our president, she came as an intern. 14 years ago from, you know, she was at a national dairy school in France, and she was, I think, what, 21, and barely spoke a word of English, and now she's the president of our company. Wow. So, you know, you you want to develop talent and give people a very long leash to to succeed. So, yeah. I, I have one final question, and Sam will, will hit you with our, our special question. Um, What's it like when other Vermont companies like Seventh Generation or Ben and Jerry sort of get gobbled up by the man, the big global conglomerate, yet they've got such a, uh, a pioneering presence and a authenticity around their product or their beliefs? I mean, th does that work, I mean, in your opinion? I mean, can... I think that works. Um, as long as you've built a really good foundation in the company. Um, in the case of Ben and Jerry's and Seventh Generation, these are companies with very strong culture. Um, and while it may be a jolt for people who work there to think, oh, you know, I'm not working for Ben and for Jerry anymore. It's been a long time. But, um, um, I think that um, it's an, it's, it's not unnatural for companies when they become successful to need additional resources to be sustainable, maintain what they're doing and, and, and be able to really, if you have a vision and you know where you want to go, then many times bringing in outside capital, those that are providing that outside capital want nothing more than the company to have that vision and not interfere with it because you've been successful in the first place. So the last thing a good new parent wants to or should do is come in and change things around. There, companies are, are successful for a reason. They're successful because of the people who work there and, and what they're doing. And the last thing you want to do is fuss around with that. So, totally. All right. Should I hit her with our last question? Uh -oh. All right. No uh -oh. pressure. <laughs> All right, Allison. If you had a magic wand, so think magic. Okay. If you could change one thing in Vermont today, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. The first thing that comes to mind is diversity. Mm -hmm. It just, Good how one. apropos. I mean, it's kind of an odd time, but. No. Um, by you know, executive I, order, if we could increase, increase diversity, we could increase diversity You know, it's funny because, um, Don and I have three sons, and they have done things around the world at various times. You know, in high school, they've had, you know, great opportunities. And I think the thing that they they love being here, they actually live in Vermont right now. Jay's in the legislature. 
Um, he just got elected at age 23. Sam's working in the company. Miles is running the farm. And the things that we hear from them is, gee, we love Vermont, but there's no diversity here. And when they go to live in New York City or they, you know, go and live in Africa or they go, the, the thing that they love most is the diversity. Yes. And wouldn't it be great if we could keep all the great things about the Vermont and then have all these other yes. cultures here, you know? Absolutely. Let's keep that going, we right? we got room for a few more people here, yeah. is my sense, yes. right? Absolutely. Right. Right. We need people to run the farms, those yeah. goat farms that, That's right. that are going to pop up all over the state. Uh, yeah. I'm in. And I, I'm going to go get <laughs> a sold. no goats, no glory. No, go- no sweatshirt. No, what is sweatshirt? No yeah. goats, no glory. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, we need uh, those. Outstanding. Yeah. And yeah. outstanding. And I, and I have an old pickup truck that should probably that go That always helps. For sure. Yeah. Allison, thank you so much for, for joining us Thanks today. For thank you, Great Allison. fun. Great fun. This has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. This series was made possible at the Vermont Technology Council and Fairpoint Communications. Follow us at VCET, that's V-C-E-T. Thanks for listening, and let's get back to work.